The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host and good friend, Roger. And uh, we're back to talk uh, again about the topic of assurance of grace and salvation. Um, An important topic, a theme that we want to dig into deeply over the course of a number of episodes. And we'll hope that uh, you'll be blessed by it and and join us for all these. Before we jump into this uh, episode's content, though, uh, as we like to do, here's a question, Roger. Uh, this is another, you know, I, I'm boring. I like the would you rather questions. <laughs> so I'm going to go with another would you rather. Okay. All right. Would you rather drink your morning coffee from a mug, your favorite mug, uh, or in uh, either, you know, like those to-go paper cups, either the Costco kind at home or name your favorite coffee place that you you like to get your, your paper coffee, coffee cup from. So which one do you prefer? Wow. Both. I guess it, <laughs> it depends. If, I, if I'm going to Starbucks, I'm not bringing my mug with me. <laughs> Why not? Come on, man. Um, it, okay. So I don't mind the paper cup. You know what I don't really, I don't prefer is the, the styrofoam type of cups. Oh, okay. Those yeah. ones just don't feel right i don't know why but i can go for either so i'm i know i'm not answering the question the right way sorry i already that's right yeah you're you did you you need to repent that's gonna be on another episode but yeah the right answer is your your favorite your favorite mug at home with your freshly brewed coffee Mm. and uh the problem is now i I'm, i'm i'm torn between mugs and and it's hard. So I'm thinking of starting over, throwing all my mugs away and, and finding a new one that's going to be my go-to mug. And no, you're not allowed to ask what my go-to mug is, I, Roger. I know. Can I ask I, which no, school is no. on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're not allowed. Uh, okay. So look, I've got a, I've got a fuller mug. That's true. Okay. And I, and I have a UCLA mug. I confess. And, uh, and, and then I just recently bought here. You could see it, Roger. A Biola mm, mug. Biola mug. Because they didn't have a Talbot mug. And so I, I I I had to go with just the university. But anyway, well, look, we're back on this really important topic. Um, the topic yeah. of assurance. And in our last episode, Roger, we we uh, looked at the, the London Baptist Confession um, uh, Article 18, Section 1, uh, and that answered the question really for us can we have assurance? And, and we ended with that kind of basic point that yes, we can have assurance according to the confession. And we believe strongly according to the scriptures, because we're not really uh, as worried about the confession if it's not saying what scripture is saying. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're convinced that scripture tells us we can have assurance. Okay. The second question though, digs in a little bit deeper. And it, it, the, the first section said, we, we may be certainly assured in this life, right? That, that we're in the state of grace. 
And so the second section of article 18 starts this way. It says, this certainty is not merely an inconclusive or likely persuasion based on a fallible hope. Hmm. Interesting. It is an infallible assurance of faith founded on the blood and righteousness of Christ revealed in the gospel. It is also built on the inward evidence of those graces of the spirit about which promises are made. It is further based on the testimony of the spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirits that we are the children of God as a fruit of this assurance. Our hearts are kept both humble and holy. I mean, there is a lot to unpack here, isn't there? Yes. Um, Maybe too much for one episode, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I do love that last line that part of the fruit of this assurance. And I I think people, the reason I think this is important. So people always get nervous. Oh, if you give people assurance of salvation, then they're going to go live any which way they want. And they're going to say, well, I'm a Christian. I have assurance and that's it. Uh, That's not, that's just not the gospel. Yeah. Um, and, And here I love how they put it as a fruit of this assurance. Our hearts are kept both humble because it's all of grace yeah. uh, and holy uh, because that grace yeah. cleanses us and, and pushes us forward. But what's your initial reaction to, to this uh, section? So I love how it starts off because when they talk about the certainty is not based on this fallible hope I think what they're trying to get at is that it's based on the truth that we find in the scriptures yeah, and then on Christ, but it's not just this thought we have. It's not this wishful thinking we have. It's not based on, well, we think the scripture says this and we're coming to the conclusion of this it's based on something that's clearly given to us in scripture. Right. Um, and I think that's how they're starting off their statement on it by putting our eyes back on the word of God and how it's explained and comes out of that. Uh, yeah. So I think that, that that's what they're getting. I do have that same sense of how they're pointing our eyes back to God's truth. Yeah, back to back to God's truth and and back to the objective reality yeah. of what Christ accomplished. So it, it's even though we're talking about assurance of salvation, and that is there's some subjective nature to that in the sense that it's about us, the subject, and sometimes our experience is one way, sometimes another way. They're saying this assurance is not based on that fallible hope Mm. it's actually grounded upon founded on this infallible reality that the blood and righteousness of christ in the gospel i love that statement yeah Yeah. of all the four points of everything we read in this section when they say it's founded on the blood and righteousness of christ revealed in the gospel and you think of that statement Mm -hmm a substitution and you think of both aspects. So the negative aspect of his sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin Mm -hmm. was not enough. 
we also needed that exchange of his righteousness for un our unrighteousness so that Amen. we can stand before him in righteousness, which is a positive aspect. So they bring out both aspects of substitution in that statement, which is revealed to us in the gospel. Yeah. And that focus to say it's founded on that. Our hope is found outside of us. Yep. And it's found in what Christ has done once and for all. Yeah. It, it, that statement is just so reassuring when yes. you look at it. it. It makes you breathe easy. Breathe easy. This is not mm. on me. It's yeah. on the reality of what he has done. And look what he's done. Look how yes. much he's done to solve the problem we have of being separated from God. Absolutely. I, and it, it goes back to what you brought up in our last episode or early on, this idea that unfortunately too often we're looking at ourselves to, to identify and find our assurance or our hope, or, you know, am I living a certain way? Am I doing this right? Am I believing enough? Am I, and the gospel is all about, no, stop looking at yourself at all. Look yeah. at Christ. Look at what he's done. Look at what he, how he has loved you and he's done it all. Keep your eyes on him. And so they lay it right out right at the beginning, which I think is like you said, it's just really fantastic and i love how they end it there they end their sentence there it just kind of stops yes. there before they go on to <laughs> additional things uh, at least in in this one i think we were saying that the the westminster is a little bit different uh, and i kind of like the baptist version uh, better here in this particular case yeah. not to offend any of our presbyterian brothers and sisters I'm just saying that the baptist got it right <laughs> like they did on <laughs> baptism as well no i'm sorry sorry <laughs> I, that's a whole different episode. Um, what, what do you make of this next line, though? Uh, because, uh, first of all, I, I, I love that you pointed out you've, you've got both the passive and active righteousness of Christ in the previous sentence, right? The blood yeah. uh, and his, his righteousness, which is so important. This objective gospel transaction exchange, the work of Christ, mission accomplished. Mm -hmm. Now they turn and they say, it's also built upon this assurance it's built on that infallible assurance of faith in christ we got that now it says it's also built on the inward evidence of those graces of the spirit about which promises are made what promises are they getting at you think well i was going to make the comment first that i yeah. like how they said the first line that assurance of faith is founded on the blood and righteousness of Christ. And then they begin here. It's also built. Hmm. And so assurance isn't Good. founded on that. We, that we, the objective reality comes from Christ. Yes. But there's this experience we have of assurance that is connected and built on, as they say, the inward evidence of those graces of the spirit about which promises are made. Now, these promises that are made when we think about the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is when we have been given the spirit, Galatians chapter five, the flesh versus spirit, the spirit's work inside of us is to bring about his work in us and through us. The work is from the spirit. 
it's not our doing to independence of the spirit. It's the spirit working in us as we're led walking by him. And he's going to evidence it because it's the promise that he has promised to change us and mm -hmm. to grow us. And we will see that in yeah. our lives because the spirit enters in and begins his work. In his us. work. Good. You're right. His work. He produces fruit. He mm -hmm. does. Right. His presence. And I, I, I love how, you know, Paul calls him the guarantee. Yeah. He's the deposit. He's the guarantee. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Well, he's that down payment that assures us that we're going to be in glory because yeah. we have him in us now and he's going to get us there where, where we need to be. And which tells me again, going back to the question, can I have assurance? Well, of course, if the, if the spirit's a guarantee, yeah. then, then of course, Paul expects that we're going to know, right? Um, you know, when the spirit has opened your eyes, you think about the way Jesus speaks of the, you know, the wind blows where it desires, you know, this yeah. idea of new birth, you know, when you've been born again, um, and you have new eyes to see a new understanding, new minds, you were dead and now you're alive. Um, I was just talking to someone, uh, Roger, about some of this, uh, about assurance as well as the spirit's work. And he's someone who came to Christ uh, later in life hmm. and kind of like you, uh, you, you mm -hmm. had, you were in college and um, what's that when you look back, and I don't know if you remember much. I mean, it's been a while for you, but do you remember what it was like to think as a non-believer? I do. Interesting. I actually do because it was so dramatic. Mm -hmm. And I remember how I thought and how I lived and the mindset I had that rejected so much. And right. it was it was so drastic when I look back at what changed. Yeah. Uh, from, I mean, so many different areas uh, of life, because you're coming out of a life of just full abandonment of sin, there's no restraints, there's, there's God's common grace that restrains you from full destruction. But, sure. but in a sense, not growing up in a Christian home, there was no guardrails, it was just live however you want. And how do you live but what the world's thinking. So right. I, I think of it like this, the things I think of today that are informed by scripture that form a worldview were absent. So everything I thought was okay. And I sincerely thought it was okay. It wasn't an agenda. I just, that was my thinking. Yeah. Then it changed. I'm like, wait a second. It's not right. It's not okay. God's word says this. And then it was like, wow. And then the spirit just was, was changing and convicting. But I remember those days of, being outside of Christ than being yeah. in Christ is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so interesting to be able to look back and go, I, I know what it was like before the spirit was in my life and, and what, and it's not and and notice in your mind, as you were describing it, it wasn't, it wasn't even the actions necessarily that changed. I'm sure action mm -hmm. actions certainly changed. Yeah. It was this awakening Mm -hmm. this yeah. ability to see. And I, I like the way they put the next part here. It is further based on the testimony of the spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirits that we are the children of God. Yeah. 
there's something very powerful in the way Paul describes what happens to a believer as the spirit indwells us. We are able to cry out Abba, or we do cry out Abba father. Yeah. Uh, in first Corinthians 12, he also says it's only by the spirit that we can say Jesus is Lord. And there's this, there's something going on that the spirit allows us to know that God is our father. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if you like that phrase much, but I remember hearing a lot about it when I was first hearing the gospel of having a personal relationship with God and why it meant so much is, you know, I grew up going to the Catholic church every so often. I didn't understand a thing. I didn't Mm. believe really anything I was being taught. It was just formality and living completely opposite. But when I started hearing the gospel and hearing this personal relationship, it's like, wow. So it's not this formality. It's not God is distant. He's, he's near, he's father, he's savior. He's walking with me. And as talking about that adoption, that's what it means to be brought into his family. He's walking with you. It's not the focus of this individualistic faith. We know we're part of the body and of Christ, but there is an individual part of when we become believers, we become believers individually. It's not we're That's right. saved as a group. So there's that aspect of knowing him as your father, whether you had a good father growing up or not, God is described as, as one who, brings us into a relationship with himself and he initiates it. That's right. And brings us in. And then he witnesses in our spirit that we're his. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the spirit's presence, the spirit's presence and, and the, the turn from, you know, God as a, you know, this distant God, you know, maybe you used to pray on before you took a test that kind of the, the, the Hail Mary prayer, right? Lord, you know, I, I've never prayed to you before, but help me on this test, uh, which I think a lot of, you know, call, college test days are you know, <laughs> very spiritual days. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is different. I think it was uh, Ferguson in, in uh, his book, The Whole Christ was describing that, that it's, it's this cry, Abba Father is not a, a whisper. He said, yeah. it's a, it's, it's the cry for help. It's the cry of fear and, and, you know, uh, anxiety or whatever, but you're crying yeah. out to your father for, for help. And in one passage, Paul says, you know, the spirit causes us to, or allows us to cry out. And then on the other one, he's crying out with us or, or on yeah. our behalf. And you've got this, this double testimony. He's allowing mm-hmm. us to recognize God as father. And he is crying out on our behalf uh, to the father. It, it's just a, this powerful reality. And again, it's not, this, this is not getting to the fruit yet that we're yeah. bearing. This is his work in us, which of course the fruit is as well. Yeah. But just that, the, the life that he gives, the presence, the, 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 the transformation from death to life yeah. um, that takes place here. Are we uh, sometimes too scared of the spirit that we don't talk about it because of how it's been, you know, some will talk about their experience there is a part where the spirit is working in our lives. He's, he's 
confirming and he's he's in us that's what that's what the scripture says when jesus says i'm gonna send another helper to be with you forever that's right we we shouldn't shy away from that uh, aspect of of him playing a role in our assurance absolutely and i think uh i think obviously unfortunately because of our fear of whatever perhaps falling into a trap of being too subjective and and of course the fear of uh, potentially prophecies that are going to add to god's word you know those types of things that this issue of the canon being closed and all those things that are right and good to think about we then tend to go to the opposite extreme and almost leave the holy spirit out of everything out of our lives yet he is he is our greatest assurance right uh, subjectively in the sense that his presence in our lives and what he allow, how he testifies to our hearts, he is that guarantee. And the way first John even talks about it, how do we know we're saved? The, the spirit in us. And that's a, yeah. Isn't it funny how much more we listen to Satan's voice than we listen to the spirit's voice, the, the Satan's voice of condemnation and you are not one of his. Look at you. Look at how you're living. You really think you can be one of his. How strong that is compared to the whisper we sometimes hear of the spirit. Spirit really should be shouting in those moments that no, you are one of his. Yeah. Right? It's interesting how we can wrestle with that. That's a really good point. And I think we do. We 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 listen to the flesh, we listen to the enemy. Uh, we we fall into the trap of of legalism, right? We're looking at our lives, going, "Do I measure up? Do I measure up?" And the gospel says, "Of course you don't. No, yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah. No, you really <laughs> don't. And guess what? You won't. Yep. That's what yeah. Christ has accomplished for us. And, and you're right. The Spirit is doing what? The Spirit points us to Christ again yeah. and again and again. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's uh, another thought that came to mind here. Um, you were saying we, we listen to the, the enemy's voice uh, instead of the, the spirit. And I think part of that is we're so trained. I, I think you point this out often. We're so trained toward the performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, that's just easier. I was talking to a brother just today as yeah. well. Legalism is easier. Just give me a checklist. Yep. Let me do it. Can I, you know, and, and some of us are really good at checklists. And so all of a sudden we think, you know, our confidence comes from, look what I have done. Look, I'm living this way. Therefore I must be a Christian. And, and that that's dangerous too, because it's look at what Christ has done. Yeah. That's what has set me apart. Yeah. And look at what the spirit is doing in me. That's why I like the last line about humility, right? This fruit of assurance is humility. Part of it is keeping us humble and holy, but the humble comes from it's him in me. Mm. It's his work. He's doing this. I'm assured not because. So in other words, what am I assured of when I see the fruit of the spirit? Not that I'm good and that I'm a good Christian. But that the spirit is present in me. And yeah. I, that tells me I have union with Christ. Yeah. Right. That's, it's not, and I think that's, a, that's lost on a lot of us. And I think it's yeah. lost on me often too, when I'm performing, it's not the assurance is not, oh yeah. Okay, good. I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right things. The assurance yeah. is 
praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit dwells in me because I am, I have union with Christ yeah. Jesus who was sent for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a slippery slope we often fall into. Yeah. And, and I think of that even when we're counseling people mm. that we can easily fall into this trap of performance to, to assure people that we're, we're so focused on them that we're missing connecting them back to Christ. I think it was even in that book you referenced earlier of Sinclair Ferguson of uh, uh, when he was talking about Thomas Boston and asking, you know, what do I do? I'm not seeing the evidences of my life and it's not yeah. go look and try to find some evidence. It's go find a deeper understanding of Christ. Yeah. The evidences will follow, but yeah. your focus Amen. is off to begin with of if, if we are, growing in that love for Christ, the other things flow out of that. When our hearts become humble and, and holy in that sense, and we have that uh, posture toward God, what? just think of what good is going to be produced from that. Yeah. Humility is a missing virtue in, in our lives. But yeah. think of the fruit of just the humility that comes from that. And that doesn't come from focusing on yourself. It's coming before your Lord and, and walking with him. And then that's produced. And then you get the cycle of assurance because you're no longer so focused on self. You're focused on him and he's bringing it out. Mm -hmm. What it, uh, reminds you that he's at work in your heart. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And, and that's what, um, you know, this, this, this idea of, of keeping your eyes on the gospel, keeping your eyes on Christ and, and trusting that he has to do the work in you yeah. and he will, and he does. Um, it, it, it definitely takes the, the weight and the, you know, first John says that his commandments are not burdensome. Yeah. Why aren't they burdensome? because you're keeping your eyes on him alone and you know, the spirit is the one working in you. Yeah. Right. Um, when, when you struggle with the commandments being burdensome, know that you've probably taken your eyes off the gospel. Mm -hmm. Right. And notice I'm not saying that means you're not a Christian. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, please keep that in mind. I'm not saying that that's a, a litmus test, but it, yep. it means you're probably taking your eyes off the gospel um, and you got to turn them back to Christ, back to what he's done and what he's accomplished. Um, yeah, Roger, as you're reflecting on, on this, any, anything that's, uh, that you want to bring out? Cause we're, we're looking at the end of that particular, um, section. It's not worth going into the third section at this point. We'll come back yeah. to that, uh, next time, but, uh, anything you want to point out, uh, as we get close to wrapping up here? Yeah, I think just a reminder, um, that, the ground of our assurance, the foundation of our insurance is his blood and righteousness. And that keeping our eyes on that and more than how we're doing, more than if I can say it, our obedience or our walking with him, because sometimes that takes our eyes off of Christ. Now we're not denying that God calls us to holiness and to mm -hmm. walk with him, but when our focus is wrong, then we can get into a trap where we're so focused on self and we can think we're doing well, but we're not humble 
you can become very self-righteous by being obedient to God because it's not breeding a humility that's worked in him. So I think that focus as we continue through this is so important, our union with Christ and keep going back to that to help us think through as a framework uh, for assurance rather than the focus on us and the looking for evidences to bring us hope. Yeah, that's really helpful and and so important. I I like to think of our obedience as gospel obedience. Yeah. And if it's not gospel obedience, uh, then it's, it's not, it's not really obedience and it's not God honoring. It's gotta be gospel obedience, which, which simply means that, uh, we're recognizing it's only because of the work of Christ in us that we have this love at all to, toward the Father uh, and, and that will allow us to honor him and, and live for him and want to obey. It's the yep. obedience of faith, as Paul calls it, um, gospel obedience, as others call it. Uh, there's a lot to discuss on this topic, and I'm glad that we're, we're covering it. I hope that um, you, as our listeners, are, are enjoying it, too, and thinking through the material along with us. Um we, uh, if you have any questions, any thoughts, any clarifications uh, you need, please don't hesitate to email us uh, at, I think it's feedback yep. at rodandstaff.org. Org? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never emailed us, so I don't, I, I don't know. Um, so any, any questions, thoughts, comments, we'd love to hear from you uh, until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.